it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Details. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the Lord. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running, and I'm so far from my. We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear. Gentlemen of Steeler Nation, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Hangover. 
Everyone in Sela Nation is hungover today, probably for a multitude of reasons. I would probably suggest that the biggest one would be that the Steelers fall to the Ravens in Week 9, 21-14 at final score. I'm Jeff Hardman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And with me, as always, is good friend Brian Anthony Davis, also from BTSU. What's going on, Brian? Jeff, I think we need to change the name of the show because hangover, I'd love to have a, a real hangover. It would be better than what I'm feeling right now. That's just to be perfectly honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of Steeler fans, the general consensus is just kind of scratching their head and they're saying, what the heck's going on? Well, this is a chance to figure it out. If you have questions, if you have complaints, if you want to air your grievances, so to speak, uh, now's the chance to do it. This show is built for people that want to contribute to the show, that want to call in, that want to ask questions. And if you don't want to and you just want to listen, that's fine. But if you do want to call in, you can. It's 347-850-8581. Again, that's 347 347- Eight five zero eight five eight one. Call in. Make this conversation a discussion uh, by dialing the phone. Now, we always start the show off the same way. Real simple. We both kind of give our synopsis of the week that was, and I'll go ahead and get started. Um, it's it's tough. This is a tough game to wrap your head around. Uh, I think fans that might be thinking, "Oh my gosh, the Ravens are now in first place." They are in first place because they have the head-to-head tiebreaker. If you wanted to have a silver lining here, you could say that there's a lot of football left to be played. Uh, the the Ravens definitely have a have a tough road to hoe, so to speak, um, coming up in their second half of the season. Cincinnati should scare people. They don't have a tough schedule to finish up. And then you never know what Pittsburgh is going to do. You literally never know. Uh, the downside is, if you're looking to talk about a silver lining of a cloud, the rest of the cloud is the fact that the Steelers look like absolute garbage. Um, there's probably a few other terms I could use to describe the Steelers, but we're going to keep it. We're going to try to keep it as clean as possible for the show. Um, everything went wrong yesterday. Could go wrong. Big plays by the defense. Horrible tackling. Uh, ben Roethlisberger looked like a shell of himself until the last maybe five minutes of the football game. Uh, the offensive play calling sucked. Uh, head coaching was no good. Special teams were just horrendous. Penalties galore. If it could go wrong, it went wrong. Uh, and so I'm just going to kind of leave it at that. Brian, go ahead. What do you think? What did you think about the game? Well, first of all, it being Baltimore and both of us living in Maryland, we're uh, experiencing an extra special kind of hell this week after that game. I will tell you that because I've been hearing it like crazy. I've been people coming to my house wearing purple, laughing at me. It's been, it's been awful. I have nothing to really come back with right now, but here's the thing. There is a silver lining. The Ravens are not that good. Their Super Bowl is always against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this division is definitely winnable. Um, If you come home and you rise up, against a team like the Dallas Cowboys, have a big win, that could set you up for the future because uh, uh, because uh, football is a funny game, Jeff. You know, what happened four weeks four weeks ago, we were on top of the world thinking we were going to go all the way. Four, now we're, we're thinking, gosh, just like, is this team even worthy of the playoffs? But, you know, four weeks from now, we could be back on that plane. We're like, okay, everything's okay again. And feeling good. So, you know, this team, we'll see what they have in them right now. I always said that this was a special team. I'm starting to doubt that. But let's just see what kind of heart and cojones this team has. And that needs to show up and show up next week against Dallas. 
Yeah, and I, I don't want to get too far ahead of us. And, you know, we, we want to focus on the rating, which for most of the callers, the call-in will be. So I'm going to ask every single caller the same question. I'm going to start with you, Brian, and it's a yes or no question, and it's simple. And that is, is Mike Tomlin on the hot seat? No. Okay, very good. And that's all I want to know. From everyone that's calling in, you should know that I'm going to ask you this question at some point. I want a yes or no question because I'm trying to gauge what the fan base is thinking. So I'll say, well, let's get cut to the chase. Let's get right to the phone calls. Uh, here we go. we got Vito Mankin from New Jersey. How's it going, Vito? Good evening, gentlemen. I know you're not too happy. It wasn't a good day to be happy. I mean, I watched the game, and, you know, my daughter loves watching them, and, and I keep telling them they don't look good. And I don't understand, I guess, maybe – Maybe maybe it's because he just wasn't himself yesterday, Ben, but why did it take almost to the fourth quarter to finally get things going? Where was he for the first three quarters? And, and the other problem, Jeff, is if you know the guy's not 100%, why do you make him play? Why not sit him out, let him rest, or maybe use him as a backup, or maybe bring him in a quarter or two? If you see he's not having the day he's supposed to have, give the other guy a chance. Give Landry Jones a chance. I mean, what do you got to lose? I mean, could the other guy play any worse than him? And my other thought, as you're saying, is Mike Tomlin on the hot seat. I think he would be. I think I think at some point you got to be accountable. These guys are getting paid a lot of money. And if you look at the offense up front, Gilbert didn't have a good day. DeCastro didn't have a good day. Pouncey got hurt. He went out. And you could see a quick change when he came out because now you got B.J. Finney coming in. And where is our second and third receivers that are stepping up? The other problem is Haywood Bay got hurt right away. He had to come out. So in actuality, if you're double and triple teaming Brown, no one else is stepping up. So for a team that's supposed to be special and look so good, they're not. And they, and they haven't looked good in three weeks. I mean, how can we be so dominant against Kansas City, look really good against the Jets, and then all of a sudden fall off? I mean, I know a lot of people saying they play down to their competition, but wait a minute. We live in a world where, you know what? When you wake up every day, you got to ask yourself, are you a liability or are you an asset? And if you're a liability, sooner or later you got to get cut. Things got to happen. And, and you know what? He should be on the hot seat. I mean, if I'm the owner of the team, we need accountability here. Why is this happening week in and week out? I mean, this, this shouldn't happen. So the other guy with the special teams, that guy should be taken out immediately. That was a terrible play to even let that happen. So whoever that guy is, that coach, that guy's got to be reprimanded immediately. I, I think – I think everybody needs to be reprimanded. We need to figure out where we're going from here. I mean, because you can't be embarrassing week in and week out. There's no need for that. I mean, right now, for an offense that's supposed to be so explosive, we're really not. I mean, if you think of the last three weeks, how many points have we scored? What the heck is going on? I mean, and think about this. If Ben has three or four years left, what happens when he retires? What chance do we really have now? So, I mean, there's really a lot of question marks, a lot of scratching, a lot of thinking. I mean, and I hate to be negative because I'm not a negative guy. I'm very optimistic. But my other thing is we can't look ahead to, to Dallas yet because we still got to fix the problems on why we keep losing to Baltimore. I mean, and, yes, Baltimore's not a great team. You're right. There's nothing special about them because our defense did hold them to just that one long touchdown to Wallace and then field goals. But you know what? If they're not that good – and we're not that good either. We're a tad bit behind them, so that doesn't say much for us. But So that's where the frustration lies today, that, you know what, everybody needs to be accountable. And it all starts with, you know, the coaches. Because, you know what, we got outcoached again. That's what it comes down to. And I don't know why that's happening. I mean, Jim Harbaugh is just a human being, right? So 
why can't we get creative and finally figure out a way to beat these guys? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we really don't have the best wide receiver in the game. Or if we do, he's getting triple teamed, and we don't have a two or three that's coming up to step up and do anything. Sammy Coates did nothing. Le'Veon Bell had an off day. And does it start with Ben, or is it a whole team effort? Because if Ben doesn't have a good day, someone's got to be able to pick him up. Someone's got to be able to come in there and get creative and say, you know what, the guy's not on his best today. He's coming off of, you know, the surgery, and he's had two weeks to really rest and prepare. You know, accountability all around, I'd say. That's me. I'm talking like a business owner. If I own the team or if I run the team, you got to be accountable. See, the problem with America, this is the problem with our country. Everybody thinks like a like an employee. But you know what? you got to step outside the box and think like a business owner and be self-reliant. So we, we do have a real problem here, guys. We really, really do. And it's not going to get fixed overnight, unfortunately. And I'm afraid that Dallas is going to come in here and make us look bad as well. I mean, I hate to say, but that's what I think. But I'll leave it to you guys and opinions. What are your thoughts? All right. Um, yeah, Vito, and thanks for the call. we got a lot of callers, so um, I'm going to answer your questions here. As we go, um, you know, the funny thing is, is he being mentioned you know, being out coached. This was, this was an even playing field. Both the Ravens and the Steelers had a bye week. Both were coming off losing streaks. And it almost, for me as a fan, I was like, okay, let's see what Tomlin's made of. Let's see what his coaching staff is made of. Let's see what they're capable of putting on paper or putting on the television screen. It was bad. The plan was bad. They stuck with the plan a little too long. And I thought I was just like Vito. Vito mentioned Ben early in the game. He looked bad. He looked rusty. There's a part of me that said, man, he's not healthy. Why do they even have him out there? I'm thinking, okay, is Landry Jones the better option right now? But then at the end of the game, you see, what is he? He's healthy. You saw him run the football into the end zone. There was no limp in his gait. He was running fine. Um, his throws were obviously the more he was passing, the more rhythm he got with his receivers. The more they finally started to find the zones in the Ravens' defense, to me that's all about scheme. That all comes back to being out coached. And then lastly, the, one of the big issues I think on the Steelers' offense is their wide receiving court. Antonio Brown, for the last two years, has benefited from Martavis Bryant being on the opposite side of him. Obviously, he's not there this year, and no one is stepping up. They tried Marcus Sweden, they tried Darius Hayward Bay. They tried Sammy Coates. They tried Eli Rogers. Well, not really Eli Rogers. He's more of a slot guy. But everyone else, they've given him a shot. And no one has been able to grab that bull by the horns and say, you know what, I'm going to be the guy that's going to be opposite A.B. I'm going to be the guy that's going to force the defense to roll their coverage to my side as well. And if they don't, I'm going to beat my one-on-one matchup. And so the Steelers really need to figure that out. I mean, I thought it was illustrated well. I can't stand Rich Gannon, but he did a good job showing exactly what the Ravens were doing defensively. They were bracketing an A.B. over the top. They were throwing a linebacker underneath. He had nowhere to go. And so a lot of people were saying, well, where's Antonio Brown? There's nowhere for him to go. Roethlisberger could try to throw it into the the tiniest window ever, but ultimately it's a smart decision not to try to force the ball. C.J. Mosley should have had an interception when Roethlisberger tried to force the ball into that zone coverage. There's a lot of question marks on this team, but I think – out of this call, what I would suggest the most is the being outcoached. I think the Steelers were flat-out outcoached. Like I said, it was a level playing field, although they were in Baltimore. That does matter in this rivalry. Uh, Brian, what did you think about the coaching aspect of things? Well, there's no improvis- improvisation at all. 
Um, Le'Veon Bell made a comment, and he's like, you know what, I don't understand it. We uh, we stuck to the plan. Well, you know what, maybe you change the plan at halftime when it's not working. Um, they stuck with that plan the entire game, and it wasn't going right. You need to change it. The coaching is, you know, you know. granted, Mike Tomlin didn't drop those balls, but um, the plan needs to get better mid-game. Guys, I do this all the time. I know people are driven crazy when I mention Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, if it's going wrong, he adjusts. I don't see any adjustment with the game plan or anything with this team, it's like, okay, we're going to just follow our plan, and that's all we've got. As far as the special teams coach, Danny Smith needs to go. Uh, nice guy. He's a hometown guy. Needs to go. He's uh, it's just terrible. Now, um, something I heard today on the radio, uh, Chris Boswell practiced that on and nailed it every single time in practice. All week long, he nailed that, uh, that crazy kick. In the big game, he choked. He could not nail that kick at all. I mean, if he kicks it, it might work. They might get the ball. It might be the same thing. But they're just not together. They're not right. And um, as far as Roethlisberger playing, you know, 70% of Ben Roethlisberger is better than 100% of Landry Jones right now because we saw what he can do. And, I I mean, bringing him in, it's, it's no better. So, I mean, that was a Ben problem last year. I don't know whether he, last yesterday. I don't know whether he's buying into the hype that he was two and five and now two and six in games coming off injury. I don't know whether that's getting in his head. I don't know what the problem is. But this team is not unified. They're not together, and they're not right. No, not at all. And uh, it's one of those situations where you really have to kind of take a look back. Vito mentioned this, and a lot of people just want to, okay, turn the page, you know, fool me once, fool me twice, you know that saying, fool me three times, and, well, we've got issues. And so that's where the Steelers are right now. We've got a lot of people waiting. Let's get some more people on the air. Uh, here we go. We have uh, 646-585-0165. You're on with Jeff and Brian. Go ahead. Jeff and Brian, what's up? This is Bryce calling from Brooklyn. Hey, what's up, Bryce? How's it going? What's going hey, on? Can you guys hear me? Can you hear me Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm good. Okay, great. Um, yo, fellas, haven't talked to you in a couple of weeks, but as usual, you're spot on. You know, first of all, that was an embarrassment um, for a lot of reasons, but one, Jeff, everything you just said. First of all, let's start with the defense. Um, from a player standpoint, Mike Mitchell has to tackle the receiver on slants. He gave up two plays where he got stiff arm because he's coming in high, poor technique. That does, I think, come down to a little bit of coaching. A veteran like that has to know he has to make that play. Um, the rookie can't let the guy get inside. Um, good throw by Flacco, but the rookie can't let him get inside. But even then, the safety has to come up and help. Other than that, you know what? Thank you, Keith Butler. You came into the 21st century. I understand we're a zone blitz team. We're moving away. Look at the players. Right now, the narrative on the Steeler corners is in the past doesn't apply. There's athleticism there. Cockrell plays with his head on straight. He doesn't get beat over the top that much. Burns got the athleticism. You saw it. You brought in Gilbert even though he was inactive. You're, you're bringing in guys that can run with guys. you got to go more man, and they finally did it. Granted, it's against the pedestrian receivers by the Ravens, 
They're not, you know, Julio Jones or what have you. But I think you've seen the Steelers defensively man up, lock up, and do pretty well. Um, I think that type of disruption of routes or what have you will help them get more pressure. Obviously, they had Cam Hayward back. I think that was that was good on their part, but I'm glad Keith did that. But those big, those couple big plays, they still give up. That's a problem. The next point, everything you said about Todd Haley's offense, spot on. You know, I don't understand why you have a running back that is a, is a mix of, without the speed, even though he can run, Ladanian and Falk, and he doesn't move around. He's not lining up in the slot. There's no wildcat. He's not on the field with, with D'Angelo Williams. They're not running anything underneath. They don't threaten the middle of the football field. They got the best wild in the game. They're triple teaming him, but like any NFL offense, they don't move him around. You can't triple team guys in the slot, so, but they don't move him around. The packages aren't unique, and it's all everything to the outside. Ben comes back, herky-jerky, throw it deep on third down. They can't get into any rhythm because they don't threaten the middle of the football field. They have an elite quarterback, and they don't throw over the middle enough. They don't, they don't make the defense defend every blade of, gla- blade of grass, as Tomlin says. They make themselves defensible. So it makes it tougher to move the ball because now teams can just line up, focus on the run. They know you're either going to run or you're going to throw it deeper to the outside. And so they're just running guys out there. The middle's wide open, but they don't call plays to get over there. It's just a bad game plan. They, don't, they, they play down and they've underachieved and they don't utilize all of the weapons that they have. Special teams, yeah, I know he was nailing it in practice, but the problem is that team has not done well with onside kicks. Uh, consistently, they don't get them. So why are you trying trick stuff? Be able to execute the little things. That's the problem with the Steelers. A lot of talent. They do a lot of great things, but they don't do the little things consistently. Well, the Ravens aren't explosive at all, but the Ravens do little things. They're coached to do little things on special teams or what have you that can help them win. And so they end up winning these Steeler, Raven, old school like games consistently now in 2016 because they do that stuff. And Pittsburgh's a little bit too much flash, not enough substance. You know, Bryce, you bring up a good point about the little things. You know, as a coach, and I, I coach high school sports, you always tell your team little things add up to big things. And you want to talk about tackling. If <laughs> excuse me, if Mike Mitchell makes a tackle on Mike Wallace or or um, Artie Burns, really for that matter. If they don't have the punt blocks, which we got returned for a touchdown, if Sean Davis does his job and, and stays in and blocks his man, um, if they do those two things, they win the football game. But here, look, let's flip the switch. Look at Baltimore. There's two tackles that come, that come to mind. One was on Le'Veon Bell, which was I, I can't I, I can't remember the defensive back that made the play on the outside, but it was a textbook tackle, and it's not yeah, something the Steelers have seen often. And then the other one was on on Antonio Brown. He catches the ball on the um, – I think it was over the middle. He's going to make a move. It's one of those plays where you're, almost, you're watching the play thinking he's going to make the man miss. And he doesn't. He gets tripped up, down, doesn't get a first down. This is all in the fourth quarter, mind you. But those are the plays that the Ravens made that don't even go in the stat sheet other than a tackle, but they're huge plays. Kept him in bounds, kept the clock rolling. The Steelers – do not do well in those situations. You saw it several times in the game on Sunday where the defense had the running back pegged in the backfield, and it's not that they get a big gain, but they at least get back to the line of scrimmage. So instead of a tackle for a loss, setting up second or third and long, really long, 
Now it's a, a second and third that's a more manageable. And so those add up, those little things add up to big things, and that's definitely something the Steelers need to focus on. And unfortunately, and this is an article I'm writing currently that's going to go on the website tomorrow, Le'Veon Bell, I think he kind of shot, shown the light on what's going on with the Steelers and it's practice. Okay, Le'Veon Bell said this in regards to the penalties and overall sloppy play. He said, I think we have to practice better. Even in practice, we have mistakes like that. So oh, here's wow. your star running back. He says, we have mistakes like this at practice. That means probably the pre-snap crap, the holding calls, the illegal hands of the face, the bad angles on running plays or on tackles. They must practice this way. And so if you're going to practice that way, well, you're going to play that way. And so, I mean, to me, I read that and just said, wow, I cannot believe that, A, that he said it. I don't blame him for saying it, but it's good for him for saying it. This is the second all-star super, like a superstar on the team uh, that has criticized the practices of the team in the last month. Obviously, we know Ben Roethlisberger criticized the physicality of the practices uh, earlier this month. It's just as shocking to me that some of this stuff is coming out, but the, my biggest issue is, well, what are you going to do about it? So if Mike Tomlin's not going to say, okay, look, we need to really buckle down, we need to monitor P's and Q's, make sure we are doing every minute detail we can, or maybe he's trying, I don't know. But this, I'm not a, and, and Bryce, you know that he's listened to our shows for a long time, I'm not a Tomlin hater. I'm a Tomlin supporter. I like Mike Tomlin. I think he's a good coach. But he is under fire right now, and it's up to him to write the shit. Brian, what do you think? I like what Bryce said about the little things. Um, that could define the entire team, and that's exactly what the Baltimore Ravens go out and do. They are coached very well. And the one word I will bring up is fundamentals. This team is not fundamentally sound. And if we're hearing that from Le'Veon Bell, we heard it from Ben Roethlisberger, then there's a problem. If there's a problem and it's not taken care of in practice, you take care of you clean your house in practice. You get ready for the big show in practice. That's what that's where you do it. And the if they're not doing it there, if we're hearing about that, yeah, he should be on the hot seat. I just it just goes back to the same thing though. I just don't see them doing anything. Though I see them getting rid of a uh, a Danny Smith to send a message but they're not going to get rid of their head coach, at least not in the two, not in 2016. It's not going to happen midseason. I I don't see them. No, I'm, I mean, and, and to answer your question, Jeff, no, I don't think Mike Tomlin's on the hot seat. But he has clearly underachieved this season. This has been one of his worst coaching jobs, along with Todd Haley. And 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 look, let me tell you something. And and, and Keith Butler and a lot of the staff. Look. This offensive line we talked about, supposed to be a top 10 offensive line. They have not performed. It can't be where one guy goes down and it just screws up everything. Guys got to be ready to come in. Now, they have been. Hubbard's been good. But, but you can't have when certain guys go down, then the whole thing comes apart. You just can't have that. You can't have it if Pouncey goes down. Look, even if Pouncey goes down, the short passing game helps out young offensive linemen. So you have to have a scheme in place that, I think we brought this up before, when the Steelers aren't throwing deep, what are they? That's what they have to come, that's what they have to find out. When you can't get the ball deep and teams are like, okay, cover two, we're going to take away the deep stuff, we're going to double this other guy, beat us, beat us with something else. 
Where are the formations? Why are you moving 26 around? Where are the rub routes? If, if you got young receivers that can't get open, get them on the rubs. Get them coming across the middle. Athletes like running across the middle of the field. <laughs> Not that they want to get hit, but if they catch the ball in space and break away, they can run. You've got to be able to get guys open. So there's a way you can scheme it up, and they have the personnel to do it, but they haven't coached it well. And that falls on Haley, and that falls on – and that falls on Mike, even from a clock perspective. They play too slow. Ben likes to play up-tempo. Hey, you know your quarterback struggles off of injury? Up-tempo, short passing game. Get the ball out, help you get into a rhythm. Instead of running to set up the pass, pass to set up the run. You know you're going to give it to 26. You can get him involved. He's got the skill set to be in the passing game. They have a lot of options. They limit themselves because they're too stubborn to adjust. Teams adjust to them, and they don't seem to adjust. Yeah, absolutely, and um, I wrote an article today. I don't know if you saw it. It was about – I feel like the entire season has been very predictable. That predictability is like yep. one constant. And um, I compared this season with Mike Tomlin to Dan Biles in his career with the Penguins. After he won the Stanley Cup early in his uh, tenure with the team when he started halfway into the season – he basically was so arrogant about his philosophy that he failed to ever make any adjustments and it cost him his job. And it also cost the Penguins wonderful years with the Guinea Malkin and Sidney Crosby in their prime. And this is not a hockey show. It's just, I see Tomlin doing the same thing and not just Tomlin, but Haley and, and even Butler at times, you know, sometimes you go into halftime and you got to say, all right, we're scrapping it. It's just not working. And, in my opinion, yesterday, it was been, I don't know why it took them so long to go to the no huddle. Maybe this is the 2013 offense. If you remember 2013, the offense was atrocious. They couldn't move the ball. They had talent. They just couldn't do anything. What did they do? They turned into a no huddle offense, and that no huddle offense almost got them to the postseason. Um, it really Excellent. turned things around. Maybe that, maybe that's what they have to do. And that's, that's what I want to see. I want to see this team do something different. I want to see them come out and say, okay, what we've been doing is not working, so now we need to do something different. Not the, what we're going to do is fine, and you know, tomorrow at noon, Tomlin's going to talk. He's going to say the same old crap that he always does, which is really nothing. I want to see it on the film. I want to see it on game day, so that's what I'm looking for. But Bryce, as always, thanks for the phone call, man. We appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. Hey, take it easy. All right, excuse me for the coughing. Let's uh, get a few more callers here on the air. Um, Let's see, go by who's been waiting the longest. Here we go. Get this person on the air. 832-256-6588. You're on with Jeff and Brian. Go ahead. What's going on, Jeff and Brian? It's Melvin in Dallas. What's going on, guys? Hey, Melvin. Oh, Melvin, I bet you're just, you can't wait for next week now that you're living in Dallas with the Cowboys coming to town. Well, I'm actually going up. I'm going to be in Pittsburgh for the game, and I just, it's, this is like one of those games where we've got to win this freaking game because all I hear down here is 95-95 Super Bowl, 95 <laughs> Super Bowl, and I'm tired of it. But um, going to your original question, is Mike Tomlin on the hot seat? No, he's not, and, I, and I'll give some backup on this. The past two and a half seasons, from 14-15, and we're halfway through this season, where do you think Tom, Mike Tomlin ranks uh, for a winning percentage, regular season? 
Um, if I were to just take a stab in the dark, winning percentage, uh-huh. I would put him. I'd probably put him third. He's he's top five. He's tied for fifth with okay. Marvin Lewis. In the A in the AFC, oh, okay. he's tied for second. He's tied for second. Only Belichick All right. has him beat. Yeah. So he, I mean, like uh, Vito said, you run in a business. Hey, you might when you run in a business. You can't go off of what happens in the middle of the year. You got to look at the whole year, and then you go. Then you got to make a decision whether or not you're going to cut your losses. But one of the things that I asked, I was on Twitter earlier today, and I had just tweeted. I said, "Is Coach Tomlin such a believer in his capabilities that he refuses to adjust and change?" And you know, when I played high school ball, hell, when I played college ball, if things weren't working. I played with coaches that would look at the offense and say, hey, guys, what do you guys think? What's, what's, what's going on out there? I mean, something, as, as to Bryce's point, the little things. Hey, you know, you can have, uh, you can have Foster, Foster over there saying, hey, man, we might want to run on the right side instead of this left side because they're, they're loading up on the left side. It's, it's just the little things. And I don't know if it is – I don't know Coach Tomlin. Only thing I know about him is what I see and what I've read. And I know he's an intelligent guy coming from William and Mary. You're not no idiot. You graduated from there. But I'm just wondering, does he have so much arrogance and faith within his own capabilities that he can coach this team through their fault instead of just saying, okay, guys, we are what we are. We're not going to be able to run the ball against eight-man fronts. Yeah, okay, they're doubling A.B. How about let's throw Le'Veon out in the slot, put D'Angelo Williams back there in the backfield, and then make them think, okay, what what we're going to have now. Um, The only other thing, who is the unquestioned leader on the defensive side of the ball right now? Um, I'd probably say – Cam Hayward. That's who I was. And there you go. And and my and my thought was, and my only thought about that is, you have to think about it. If I yeah. told, if I asked you, if I asked you in 2008, who was the leader of the Steelers defense? Boom, Palomalu, no question. You wouldn't even, you wouldn't even have to think about it. Let's go on the off, offensive side of the ball. Who is the unquestioned leader? On the offensive side of the ball. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger. Okay. What happens when Ben doesn't do well? Does, does performance reflect leadership? Do you – and I hate to bring this up. I really do hate to use him because I can't stand it. Do you think for one freaking minute Tom Brady's not going to get in somebody's behind – when they're not playing like they should be playing, that's a leader. That's what a leader does. A leader not only will put a give you a pat on the back, but he'll give you a swift kick in the butt. And that and that's my only thing. We don't have any leaders on the field. We don't have any unquestioned leaders on the field. I mean, who who is jerking a knot in Mike Mitchell's tail? Nobody. The the yeah. best player we got on defense right now. The best player we got on defense right now is six years younger than me, James Harrison. He's the only one 
that's really playing some football. Cam, Cam, what can Cam really can't do anything in the position that he's in. Yeah, he had some good plays. The defense played well yesterday. I'll give them that. But we've got to – Bryce hit the nail on the head. It's the little things, and you have to pay attention to detail, and you've got to be a tactician at what you do. And, and fundamentals, being what known, okay, whatever happened to um, – remember those bubble screens that we used to hate when Arians was there? Everybody got so sick and tired of those bubble screens. Why don't we do any bubble screens? Why do you do bubble screens? Ben was on, he was under the knife. You throw little short passes. Why? You get completed passes, you gain confidence in throwing. And when you got an eight-man box, yeah. you pass the ball to set up the run. You don't. You can't sit there and just try to run run the ball up in the eight-man front. <coughs> um, but yeah, guys, I, I really go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say is I think that what you're talking about is kind of what I just mentioned with Price is that. You know, we all want to see something different. Obviously, what they're doing now is not working. And, and defensively, I think we saw something different on Sunday. There were more blitzes. There was more pressure sent on Flacco. And the defense responded well. Now, there were still some gaps. Obviously, tackling is still an issue. We understand that. Offensively, though, we didn't see anything different. We saw a game plan that was let's run the ball lady on Bell. And they kept banging their head against the wall until it was too little too late. Unfortunately, and that's and it's not all on scheme. The players have to go out and execute. I understand that, but ultimately, I think that's what we're all talking about here. We want to see something different. We want to see Todd Haley say, "Okay, then we're going to go no huddle, even if it's the muddle huddle." We want to get them. We want to get the defense in a situation where we can maximize our potential, maximize who we have on the field. That's what we want to do. We want to wear them down. Maybe that's what they do. Brian, what do you think? How, I mean, from a coaching standpoint, I mean, that, that's kind of what we're all talking about, right? Just seeing something different? Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. But, you know, that game was not lost on the defensive side of the ball yesterday. You know, it was lost by the offense. Um, you know, I know there was a 95-yard pass play, but what we saw on that play was something we've been crying for all season long to blitz. They sent six guys. They left two guys on an island and uh, Mitchell can't tackle a guy, and Bar- Burns just flat out lost him. So, I mean, that's the defense stepped up yesterday. And uh, one thing, in, in, in defense of Cam Hayward, I was ready to shout it out right away. But uh, I would have shouted out Cam Hayward right away. I think he is doing the, the little things. Um, I think he is firing up the defense. He did that last week. Um talking about how trashy the defense was, and it fired them up, and they played better. That game was completely lost on the offense. When you have a third and one and you're, you're throwing those bombs, which we love when it works, and we love when uh, you cross up a defense, but when you're throwing long and deep on third and one when everybody expects you to do that because that's your MO, that's what you've been doing all year long in that situation, and not running the ball, they knew that was going to happen. And that, that ball wasn't even close to being completed. If I'm talking about the one earlier on. You need to be throwing the ball on second down. If you're running and getting nowhere on first down, don't put all your eggs in one basket on third down. So, yes, everything you guys are saying I agree with. We want to see something different. We want to see adjustments. 
We want to see them, you know, just not go by the game plan and not think outside the box. That's what we need now. Did you – I noticed, uh, Jeff, you had said about uh, what uh, Le'Veon had said about practice. Did you did you see uh-huh. what Bill and the Waiver said? Did you see what Bill and the Waiver said? No, I didn't. Bill and the Waiver – Villanueva said, "Those guys, they're talking about the Ravens. Those guys came off the came off a bye, and they know us pretty well. And I quote: We don't have a big menu of plays that we run. That's coming from your left. That's coming from Villanueva. So I'm like, oh, oh my God, right? And then I'm like, oh my God. So now I, I was like, aha! Now I see what the issue is." I'm like, mentally, they're not doing it, and it, and it come, comes back to coaching, man. I don't, like I said, I'm with, I'm with everybody who's called in. We need to do something different. If I'm going to lose, you know, let's lose doing something different. And, if, you know, if I'm a fastball pitcher and they keep, and they keep rocking my 150-mile-an-hour fastball, you know what, let me just try one curve and see what happens. If you, if you rock that too, <laughs> then you know what, today's just not my day. You know, but hey, guys, I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we can get us a win uh, on Sunday. Because if not, you think it's bad living in Maryland? Oh my God, you know how cowboy fans are. Oh my God, you yeah. Just don't, I might mo- I might move to Maryland. <laughs> we lose. It was hard enough. The long the longest walk I've ever made since I've been in Dallas was when we lost to the Cowboys uh, back in uh, back in twelve. And that long walk we had to make from that stadium with all our Steeler regalia, and oh my God, you talk about a walk of shame. Uh, <laughs> I enjoy the show as always, guys. I'm gonna get out of here. Y'all take it easy. All right, thanks, Melvin. Easy, Melvin. You know, there's been a lot of themes of today's show so far, and we have a couple callers that are still waiting on the air, and it's definitely been two things, Brian, really coaching, and of well, I'm coaching and coaching, but the second part is a lack of or a lack of willingness or maybe hubris getting in the way of of making changes. Um, real quick before we get to these callers, Brian, if you were to make one change offensively, one change defensively, what would that be? Wow. Um, offensively, you know, just the play calling, really, at this point, um, it's so predictable. Defensively, you know, um, Keep on what you what we got a little taste of. I would like to see them uh, let these guys go one on one now in the defensive backfield and uh, bring more pressure, which is something they tried to do yesterday. In fact, I liked the defensive game plan yesterday, so that's probably what I do. Okay, uh, I can see that. Uh, if you're wanting to call in, you can three four seven eight five zero eight five eight one is the number. Again, three four seven eight five zero eight five eight one. Let's get another caller on the air here. Seven four zero three eight one six two six nine. You're on the chat. And Brian, go ahead. Hello, seven four zero three eight one. You're on the air. Go ahead. And they dropped. All right. So let's go to the next caller. We've got some callers six five zero nine nine six four nine zero two. You're on with Jeff and Brian. Go ahead. Hey guys, this is Michael from California. How you doing? Uh, good. How are you doing, Michael? Uh, not too bad. A little worse after the Ravens lost, but we're managing. <laughs> um, yeah, there you I go. just wanted to 
Yeah, I just wanted to say that, you know, although a loss sucks, especially against the division opponent, I'm not really too worried going forward looking at the schedule. I think Dallas next week is probably going to be our toughest test, but we are at Heinz Field, and that helps, and I don't think the Steelers are going to let uh, their team lose four in a row. That just isn't in their makeup. You know, they might drop a game here or there, but not four in a row, and everyone's going to be healthier. And then looking on from there, you know, we have – two Browns games, you know, uh, home games against division opponents, you know, at Bengals, we can probably manage bills aren't too hard. So I think the Dallas game is probably going to be our toughest test. And then after that, we might only have one or two more losses here and there. So, you know, we might finish 11 and five, 10 and six, and that should be enough for the division. So I'm not too worried moving forward, even though we have a lot of things to clean up like other people have been mentioning. Well, you know, you're right. There is a lot to clean up. I I think the the biggest disappointment for this team so far is that when people talked about the expectations for the 2016 season, they didn't talk about just winning the division. They were talking about home field advantage, first-round bye, and all of a sudden after half of the season's over, that's going to be a really tough test. So They were going to really need some teams that are ahead of them in in the playoff picture to fall off and they're going to need to really play good football. I've always said that I thought 12-4 and four would be the mark that's going to be able to get them at least the first round by, and then you lose to the Patriots. Everyone would realize really quickly that it's probably going to be the two seed and not the one. Now it's looking as if you look at the AFC West, there's, there could be potentially three playoff teams in that division. You don't win the AFC North, you might not get in. So... I think that that has everyone on a little bit of a high alert, and I agree that it might be a little too early for that. But there's there, there's not a lot of margin for error uh, with the Steelers. Uh, if you look at you know you look at the Steelers' schedule, and maybe have some tough games. I mean, you, know, you talk about uh, the game against Dallas, and then you have a game against Cleveland, um, and then I think you, you have the Thursday night, which is Thanksgiving night against uh, the, the Colts, who all of a sudden look pretty good. They beat the Packers last week. Um, you got to go to Buffalo. You have the Giants at home. You have another Ravens game, another Bengals game. There are some tough football games in there, as well as that other Browns game to finish up the season. But the Steelers have a tough road, in my opinion. But the Bengals, their road is pretty easy. And so that scares me. If, if you're asking me which team of the four in the AFC North scares me the most in terms of who could possibly come out and contend with the Steelers, it's not Baltimore. It's Cincinnati. So, uh, Although there is still a lot of season left uh, for the golfers out there, there's a common saying of if you have a, a mistake on the front nine or a couple mistakes, you say there's a lot of paper left. Well, there's a lot of paper left on the Steelers' schedule, but at the same time, that paper is going to be dwindling, and so they can't have more like boneheaded games against the Dolphins and against teams like the Ravens. They're going to have to win the games they're supposed to win. Uh, Brian, what are your thoughts on that? There's the margin for error is so slim at this point. And uh, you're right. The Bengals have a pretty easy schedule. And uh, I do want to disagree with you, uh, uh, the caller, on one thing. Buffalo's beating Seattle right now in Seattle. Hmm. And uh, that is a tough team. Um, so especially to go up to Buffalo and play that game, that's, that's going to be tough uh, on, in the home stretch. So, you know, they need to fix what's going, what the problems are now. But like I said, and I said this at the beginning of the show, it's funny. I mean, and we've seen this last year. Gosh, we we were ready to just uh, 
completely give up last year, and next thing you know, they're, they've been ta- they were being talked about for Super Bowl 50, and a lot of people still believe, a lot of, uh, a lot of broadcasters and uh, experts believe that if they didn't have the injuries, that they would have been in that game in Super Bowl 50 against Carolina. So, you know, things can, things can change in a hurry. If they could just clean things up and fix the problem that they have right now, and I think they're fixable. I, I think this is tinkering problems. And if they go ahead and do that, that they will be fine. But it goes back to uh, we were talking about hubris. We were talking about uh, ego. Um, you know, are they willing to do that? Are, is coaching staff willing to do that? Are people willing to step up? We're gonna find out the makeup of this team right now. We have to find out if this team has a strong heartbeat or if they're just if they're gonna flatline. And we're gonna find out that. In this game against Dallas, this is going to tell a major tale. And so we need to find out, and we need to find out now. They need to do some soul-searching. And uh, it's all it all has to start now, guys. Absolutely. Um, well, before I let the caller, before, before I let you go, I have to ask you the question I've asked all our uh, callers so far tonight. Is Mike Tomlin on the hot seat, yes or no? I don't think so. I mean, we all know that Ben's not great coming back from injury. They might be rushing him back. But um, I think, you know, as long as we're able to pull it together, make the changes we need, I think we're good. But um, at this point, no. But, you know, who knows going forward if we, you know, drop some more games and end up going 8-8 eight and eight or something. Yeah, that's a possibility, unfortunately. But, hey, we thank you for the phone call. All right, so let's uh, – we don't have any callers on hold right now, Brian, so let's go ahead and uh, – we've been on for about an hour, which is kind of where I like to be in terms of time and putting a cap on things. So go ahead with your final call for the Steelers hangover. What's your last bit of knowledge you want to drop on Steeler Nation before we call it a show? The last bit of knowledge is uh, something that I just said. Um, they just have to tinker, and they have to just go ahead out and fix this problem and, you know, admit that they have a problem. Maybe that's the thing. This team needs to admit that there are problems and that they know how to fix it to get back to basics and get back to fundamentals. The question you've been asking everybody all night is if Mike Tomlin is on the hot seat. Anywhere else, he's on the hot seat. This is a team that, well, I was born in 1971, so only two coaches have been hired in my lifetime. Jeff, and 44 years now, is I consider that a long time, and two coaches, that is just absolutely unheard of. This team does not fire their coaches. We were calling for Bill Cowher's head, his head so many times in 1998, 99, and 2000. It didn't happen, and that got us back to the right place. So maybe we need to be patient. We are not a patient fan base. But we need to right now have the faith that these guys can put the ego aside and go ahead and tinker and admit that it's not going the way that it should and learn how to fix it. My other final thought for the night is something that was not brought up is Marcus Wheaton. He was a healthy scratch for this game. I don't know why he was a healthy scratch for this game over Kobe Hamilton. You need a veteran like that to be able to step up 
and play, and he was not even on the field. He was not even given an opportunity to address. I don't know where that came from. I don't know what happened. It happened two weeks ago with the uh, something that's still unclear why Eli Rogers was uh, not allowed to address that game. Um, they're still keeping that as a state secret. And now I want to know why why a guy that uh, we really need to be out there in Marcus Wheaton, why he wasn't out there. Um, and we hardly saw Kobe Hamilton anyway. So, I mean, that's another guy that maybe could have taken pressure off of Antonio Brown. Those are questions I want answered. This team needs a soul search. The coaching staff needs a soul search and get this season back on track. There is still time, especially in the division that they are in, Jeff. Absolutely. There's still time, but they are running out of time. That's something to keep in the back of everyone's minds. And, Brian, you said it all. I can't think of a better way to end the show. I appreciate your time. All the callers that called in, we thank you for spending some time with us on the Steelers Hangover. You'll see us next Monday, or hear us next Monday, I should say, uh, here on the Steelers Hangover as we answer your questions after, hopefully, a Pittsburgh Steelers win over the Dallas Cowboys at Heinz Field. Until next time, make sure you listen to Brian on Tuesday night with his Factor Fiction show, as well as my show with Lance Williams on Wednesday as we preview the upcoming game. The standard is the standard. We'll see you next time. Bye. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. 
computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.